the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we like to talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy, and today I am your Homer. I am your storyteller on your journey mm, to a beautiful story of the future. How poetic. Uh, <laughs> That's incredible. I feel like I'm right there on the Argus. Uh, my name is Dan Alverio, uh, public speaker, chubby chaser, author, and um, yes, I, it's, it's going to be a day of salty sea stories. Oh, Ooh. salty. Okay. Why salty, Dan? Well, we're all semen. That's why. Oh, oh Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, you asked. Uh, I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub, and I am, uh, I don't know, I'm a pie boy today. I, uh, <laughs> yes, you are. It's. I've moved on from cookies. I'm on to pie. It's and been a good month. Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> month for us, food wise. Big, yeah, food wise, good month. <laughs> Big qualifier. Uh, do you want to remind people that you're taking this baking course? And- yes, I'm taking an online baking course. Uh, it's three milk bars. So yesterday I made um, their signature milk bar pie, which is like kind of a chest pie sudden. with an oatmeal cookie crust. It's a wonderful. Made it better than they do, I will say. I I have to say, I was like, this is better than what I've had. It is. Like they're, they're a little inconsistent. Yeah. And you just nailed like the absolute perfect, like texture, taste, all of it. Mm -hmm. That's my boy. It is is so good. Um, my name is Michael. I am a chaser, and today I am a procrastinating homework boy. I (laughs) I was trying to think of what I was going to bring to the show as we are doing a, uh, a second story time episode, trying to keep things a little a little lighter and more casual today because it's been a pretty rough week uh, for everybody, especially Trevor and Dan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me a while, but we actually, everybody else helped me come up, or I didn't come up with the idea at all. Trevor yeah. did, but it's good. <laughs> um, and I can't wait to get to it. Um, <sighs> so before we do, uh, we oh, have yeah. we have some stuff. Should we qualify this and say that we're recording this yeah, before? Um, yeah. So just with our recording schedule, this is a couple days after uh, last week's episode was recorded. Yeah. So um, the the situation with um, Neff and everything is like still ongoing. Yeah. Um, there's I, there's been a little healing, uh, uh, but um, there's still stuff more forthcoming. Yeah. Um, we're still dealing it with it, which is why we're trying to, we're taking a an easy breezy fun mm-hmm. episode. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think part of that of fun is you sending us Valentine's mail. Yes. yes. Those are always extra fun episodes. Oh, yeah. I love reading those. Later. Your yeah. questions, yeah. your concerns, your quandaries. Yes. Um, your erotic tr- photos. Yes. <laughs> People Calm down. Your success stories. <laughs> People still want us, I think, to top, um, I'm just going to say it, top fold fucking from, uh, <laughs> from the first from, Valentine's yeah. episode. Does it uh, get better than fold fucking? I feel like that's when the show really started to come into its own. Yes. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, so if you have any sexual thoughts you'd like to share. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, more family listening more. Yeah. Everyone should hear me say the most obscene things. Yes. And, uh, maybe sometimes they'll be in the Dunkin' Donuts drive through. <laughs> they are. Um, that was a thing. Um, Wait, there's not supposed to be a hole in the jelly donut. There's not supposed to be a hole in the jelly donut. Uh, um, family, well, now it's a Boston family, cream. Family yeah. members, family members, Don, Jesus. Keep it, we're keeping it. Uh, I think we're, the whole vibe is, uh, this is a sweet and salty episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping on, uh, we're still on track with a uh, sweet right now. That's right. Um, <laughs> so big news from the world of candy. I need, oh, yeah, I need a, um, a telegraph sound. News. Breaking news of the world. News on the march. 
Um, M&M's has announced that they are redesigning their characters yes. for very important and socially significant reasons. Absolutely. Um, they are basically <laughs> removing all of the defining attributes <laughs> of each one. <laughs> um, or lessening. Lessening. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I have strong feelings about that. Like, M&M's aren't a great candy, so like, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of skin in this game. But I, am a, I was personally offended that they're trying to make uh, Ms. Brown and Miss Green, who they have now, they are just I guess green and brown, yeah, because they they're removing uh, gender markers from the M and M's. Oh, um, but they're like they're not letting them be sexy, which like they always kind of had this like, will they or won't they? <laughs> um, they both had kind of like heels, go go boots. But I, I gotta say that unless you were a chubby chaser, the male M and M's did not have that sexy allure. No, um, no, yeah, well, true. So, unless you're us. You're, well, you and actually, the fat M M&M and M was the slow one, of course. Yes. Well, and <laughs> the the reason I felt the need to include this is part of this rebrand, and they're working towards like more inclusion of like I guess there's going to be new M M&M and M characters and M and M's with different body types, which. How, how, so well, there actually, no, there are different shapes. To but, the okay, there are now. two, there are, there are two no, shapes. No, there are three. There there's are there? three. There's the, uh, the nut in case. Yes, so the almond and peanut there's plain, but then the, uh, like the peanut butter and the, uh, the crisp rice ones, they're just more sort of fat around the middle rather than the elongated large, well, but the characters. There, are they the oh, whoopsie fans of the candy. M&M world? No. I'm talking about the candy, sorry. <laughs> no, they're talking about the character. Like, And I was confused by this, and then I saw like the promotional video for this, and they showed an M&M. It was a peanut M&M on its side, so it was like extra wide looking. Oh, dear. Oh. Which is, that's what the uh, the peanut butter and the uh, the hazelnut can, the can I just, chocolate ones look like. I just want to bring up two sort of associated pieces of news. Uh, number one is that it has been said that this is being done to distract the, from the fact that yes. M&M Mars is being sued uh, for child labor practices. <gasps> but to be and fair- it worked. I didn't know that until just now. But to be fair, the entire chocolate industry is being sued for the for child labor practices because this is a very common thing. <laughs> Come on, chocolate industry isn't just child labor. They're also slavery. You know? <laughs> exactly. So there's, there's a whole thing about that. But I think the real news here is that Tucker Carlson- is very upset because now the female M&Ms have become unfuckable for him. Yeah, you don't even want to have a drink with them anymore is what he said. <laughs> I'm sorry. Wait, wait. He's upset. Yes. He's, he's, he's upset not exaggerating. The, the female M&Ms are now, and, he needn't say unfuckable. He's like, I don't wait. I wouldn't even uh, want to have a drink with them. An anthropomorphic <laughs> candy yeah. Yeah. is okay. not attractive We're talking about Carlson. I'm not defending Tucker, Tucker Carlson, but I'm defecting. I'm, Defending the idea that like Eminem sexualized these characters to a degree where like m- the green Eminem was in a swimsuit issue, I think of Sports Illustrated, or it was like an ad really? mocking the sport, the, this, the, the, the whole concept <sighs> where the green Eminem was like peeling off her shell in a sexy way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And there's That's also horrifying. Isn't which, her shell her skin? Yeah. <laughs> there's also an oh. ad. Did we, we learn nothing from Rebel Wilson and chocolate Cass? is the candy, the clothes, and the chocolate. I, I, I think it's one of these things of mutable cartoon logic. Like in one cartoon, shell, it's this, and another cartoon, it's the that. The candy shell is the result of a process called enrobing. Okay. So it's clothing. So she's disenrobing. Maybe the color is the clothing, oh, and the actual candy material is the skin. Um, anyway. There was uh, also an ad at some point where it was all of the M&Ms with their flesh peeled off. Like, uh. 
sweeping huh. their candy their shells candies. over their shoulder and stuff. I think they're. Be- ah. I think based on the idea of enrobing, they are trying to get the the, the candy coating is their clothing. Yeah, uh, but it only fits one way. Anyways, it's skin, skin tight. <laughs> I I don't know. I look forward to the the fat M M&M and M characters and how they will uh, probably problematically yeah. be portrayed. Because like I don't know. There's a whole thing with M and M's eating M and M's. Like eating the candies, but then there was also like that was one of the first jokes, yeah. Yeah, there, but there was another ad more recently where it was like they're like they're introducing a new M M&M and M character, and it pans over and just like arms and legs are on the ground, and the other M and Ms have chocolate all over their faces. Uh, yeah, it was really disturbing. Yeah, I feel like when you start to take your your fictionalized anthropomorphic candy world too seriously, it's it's when things like that don't land anymore. Like, okay, they're eating their own now, and we're now considering this cannibalism because you've given them all personalities. Like, this is weird. This is uncomfortable. It's, like, it's, do M and M's eat chocolate? Well, it's just you don't. It's best not to ask. Well, that's how questions. they get the chocolate in them. Yeah, that, but they like ra- when they raise those questions by putting it in the ad. It's like when you like really start to analyze cars and how like there is a car pope who right. also is in a. Sh- a Pope mobile with bulletproof glass, which implies that in the cars universe, someone tried to assassinate a car Pope. (laughs) (laughs) Uh I think we just drowned in our deep dive here. Yes. Fun trivia bit though. The, the fat, uh, the peanut M&M is voiced by JK Simmons. Who I got to, I, I worked on a commercial that he was in on a farmer's commercial. He's super cool guy. Nice. Super cool guy. He signed my copy of whiplash for me. Yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, We've got our eye on you, M&M's, because this is... <laughs> you are accountable. <laughs> I don't know. Let's let's hope we don't have to mobilize against uh, M&M's possibly oh, problematic uh, fat M&M character. I, yeah, well, we'll see what happens. I have, <laughs> I don't have high hopes. Now I'm picturing a fat M&M where it's literally an M&M that contains the insides of every other type of M&M they make. I because, would he, because he ate them all? I would try it. That's the turducken of the candy universe. (laughs) Well, we've (laughs) see now I'm picturing the commercial though, where they're actually taking the poor M and M characters and physically shoving them inside each other. Oh, that's Um, that's that's a particular kind of porn. M and M human centipede. Oh my god. god. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's move on. uh, We're going from sweet to salty (laughs) Um, (laughs) because the ocean is salty. Yeah. And like, we, oh yeah, we have a story from Washington Post about. Um, so it's from a series I think they're doing called the Regeneration of Travel, hmm. and it's highlighting a plus size uh, diver who is diving in Florida's coral reefs. Jeff Jenkins, yes, that looks like so much fun. The article's really great because the photog- the pictures are yes. beautiful. Um, they also have enormous photo spreads of him kayaking. I want to go kayaking where he was kayaking. I'm like desperate to go kayaking where that, it looks so beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jeff has, kind of documents his travel as a fat person on Instagram as the chubby diaries. And he has a blog as well. Yes. Tens of thousands of followers on TikTok and presumably elsewhere. And it's one of those success stories of like, you know, going from a place of like, oh, I'm only going to be able to achieve these, this kind of travel and this kind of adventure if I lose weight first, because then that, that you just, you know, you're to a certain degree, it's true where the world only allows certain size people to do certain things, but then to another degree that yep. becomes the mindset when it doesn't necessarily have to be the case. Mm-hmm. 
And so we kind of unraveled that and started just doing things now instead of waiting. And that spoke to me very directly, especially because I mentioned the kayaking pictures. I love to kayak, mm. but I've gained about 40 or 50 pounds since the last time I went. And it's just, ex- I realized looking at those pictures, it just exists in my head that mm. I haven't gone again because I assume I can't find a kayak that's going to carry me now. Right. And I'm watching someone about my size kayaking and I'm realizing that is my own damn excuse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, so. and you were meant to be on the water. Your, your whole I'm heritage genetically is genetically designed <laughs> to be <laughs> kayaking. Hawaiian and Norwegian. Yeah. I'm basically like a, a Portuguese water dog living in the desert. Like I, yeah, I, need, I need water. I mean, we're, it's right over there, Don. It's 45 minutes away. 30 minutes of parking and then $70 to rent the kayak. Yeah, that's a very Los Angeles beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we are, in fact, a coastal city. It just doesn't always feel like it. No, it doesn't. Um, but Jeff has been inspiring people across the world. And I think it's just very, very cool to see. I was curious. This is maybe just ignorance on my part. But so he's a diver, right? Mm. Or that's at least one of the things that he does. How, like, logistically speaking, how do you do that? Like, how do you sink weights. enough? Weights. Yeah, weights. weights. Okay. That's how. And do you? That's how everyone. That's does everybody it. sinks. Okay. Uh, okay. Interesting. And you just leave them behind? How do you? I just. I've never done it before. No, you no. are literally balancing your buoyancy so okay. that you're reaching sort of a zero buoyancy state. Okay. So that you'll stay wherever you kind of move. Okay. So you can to. go up without. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. But you, you will have to push yourself up. <laughs> Of unlike floating yourself up. So, you know? Michael, what we're going to do is we're going to get some cement <laughs> uh-huh. in a little tub, and we're just going to put the cement in the tub and put your feet in there. Okay. <laughs> and then just drop you in the ocean. You know, like that time we made galoshes. Right, right, right. Okay. And you're going you're gonna to... then I'll be able to dive? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure out getting you back up later. But that's, <laughs> that is one of the most horrifying, like, I can't remember. We talked about this at some point recently. The idea of, like, you're sinking into the ocean and at some point, like at what point do you just give up? Like, oh, I'm too far away from the surface. I'll just give up. I'm floating down. I think it was when we were talking, I was when I, it was when I was at your place, uh, Trevor and Dan's place on Saturday, like after all of this NAFA stuff was, was going wild. And I was just like, at what point do you just like, just, just I think cause I was I, at some point I described just wanting to walk into the ocean. Yeah. 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 But see, I would float. You would, I float. would get, I would, I would, would either, um, get taken away by like seals to join them or eaten by a shark. Ooh, I'm, I'm going to tell a story about that later. <laughs> Not <What>? sharks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, that's quite a tease. <laughs> we'll get to it eventually. All right. Um, oh, we have fat watch. This is it. All right. Oh boy. I'm excited. Yes. <laughs> Back oh. once again, soaring oh. into the clouds. It just makes me happy. It's Fat Watch, <laughs> 2022. <sighs> An eagle landed on my on my glove. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this came across my field of notice. Um, more basically, medical uh, malpractice uh, in in the in the fat world. As many fat people know, um, one of the common diagnoses that you can get from your doctor is you're fat. Stop it. Uh, if you have a, if you have a hangover, it's because you're, you're fat. If it's because if your knees hurt, it's because you're fat. If you have a rash, it's because you're fat. If you have problems breathing, it's because you're fat. And so that's what they told this guy. Well, you're fat. That's why you have this rash. And that's why you have these aches and pains. Well, cause you're fat. Mm-hmm. And he, he was misdiagnosed. What he had was Lyme disease. Yeah. 
and which untreated can be deadly. It can be very mm. deadly. But you know, he would have died of obesity. We know that in the statistics. Right. <laughs> so the the takeaway I have from this is just to not accept that or to not buy into the well, yeah, I am fat. I guess that must be why. Mm-hmm. Uh, and usually the 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 key way to get around that is if I weren't fat, how would you be treating this? And specifically, uh, the story that we're talking about in the insider um, is about the doctor who saved him. Yes, the doctor who caught the fact that these that his symptoms were getting worse despite all of these other "quote unquote" treatments that mm-hmm. were. You, know, you mean useless. weight loss? Yeah, <laughs> or like you know, oh, just put a topical application on the rash that'll fix it, but mm-hmm. it's not fixing it. Um, and he, you know, so and, he, and again, the idea that the medicine isn't working because again, it's your fault. You're fat. I'm going to attempt his name, uh, Dr. Mikhail Varshavsky, mm-hmm. um, better mm-hmm. known as Dr. Mike on social media, um, not only diagnosed the patient correctly and saved his life, but then goes on to talk about the, the over prevalence of fat bias in, in medical uh, circles. Yeah, just basically just the over prevalence. And they have some statistics in here, which I, I guess they make sense from a like, oh, I, I believe that, but it's also some, uh, I'm gonna get the numbers right. 77% have inherent bias or implicit weight implicit bias, bias is what, is what yeah. I'm saying. 74% got the number wrong. There, and then 67 had explicit weight bias where it was like, oh yeah, no, I get it. I get that I'm blaming the fat for this and mm-hmm. that's that, and that's the truth. There was a Canadian study done of family physicians. And in the Canadian study, they found that 34% of physicians would have a problem having a fat friend. <laughs> if that's not implicit bias, what is? Yeah. But the the upside here is that um, Dr. Mike is has specifically contributed to this article by saying, this is wrong, this is real. Mm-hmm. And here's an example of how we were able to correct for this. Um, and we the need to continue to do I that. I remember hearing stories like this all the way back to like the 90s. Of course. Mm-hmm. 80s and the problem is every time it happens in the medical establishment they look at it and they just treat it as though it's a one-off mm-hmm. right oh it's just a freak event that occurred and it's you know meanwhile the entire fat world is sitting there looking at them going like it's not a one-off oh if there is only some way we could approach these one-offs mm-hmm. it's not a one-off <laughs> oh these one-offs well, <laughs> no well it, it, and there's so many one-offs done they have a name for it it's called the obesity paradox yeah because it's a paradox that it doesn't always kill people 100% of the time. It almost feels like an excuse, like if something's a paradox, it's unfixable. So like, okay, well, that's just a paradox. No, you know. it's, no it's, this, it's this dumpster category of stuff that doesn't fit with our paradigm. Mm-hmm. And the paradigm can't be wrong because, well, it's about fat. We know we're right about fat. So we're just going to dump this, these one-offs, as you've said, mm-hmm. these you know millions of one-offs. Millions <laughs> and millions of one-offs. You know, into the garbage category because they don't fit the data. Mm-hmm. Um, but he his advice, which I suppose is a little obvious but also very hard to implement, yeah. probably for most people, is simply to confront your doctor if you feel that they're overemphasizing your weight. Um, or attempt to find another provider, which is easier said than done. Um, but he says, this is your right as a patient. The relationship between a provider and a patient has to be strong in order for proper health outcomes to occur. Um, and I think, uh, so what I recommend is that when you confront your doctor about this, if they give you any pushback, you just say, Dr. Mike told me so. Mm-hmm. And, and, <laughs> and this well, is, 
Yeah, that's going to get you so nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think there's two things. One is, how would you treat this if I were, if, how would you, you know, could, the first question is, well, do thin people have this problem? Yes. Well, how would you treat a thin person who had this problem? Mm-hmm. And then the other thing to look at is if you have this discussion with your doctor and he says, well, yeah, but you're, you, you, you say, I'd like you to treat this as if I were thin. They say, yeah, but you're not thin. And you say, well, what would you prescribe? And they tell you, and you can confront them by saying, I want you to put it in your chart that you refused to give me this treatment. I want mm. that documented. Hmm. And that is usually enough. That's great. That is usually yeah. enough to scare them into, okay, well, I guess we could try the treatment. That's fantastic. Mm. I love that. So it gives you some kind of, in theory, gives you some kind of legal, like malpractice yeah. res- recourse if- Like, if fine, the we will take it your route and your method of treatment. But if you are wrong, you are going to give me everything you own. Well, and <laughs> because, I mean, you know, doctors, you know, Doctors are primarily in the business of helping people, but you know they're terrified of lawsuits. They're far more terrified of lawsuits than I'm, a fat patient dying. I'm making that little. <laughs> I'm rubbing my thumb against my fingers. Oh yeah, and the talking about money. Yeah, the Cheddar. <laughs> so now that I'm pissed off at the entire medical establishment, <laughs> let's move on to story time. Story yeah, we're back to time. sweet. We did some sweet, some sweet, and then, and then a little more salty. sweet, and then salty. And then a little salty, and now we're getting back to sweet. There's I'm, layers. I'm, I'm hoping we can find some story time, like tinkly playroom music to play here. No, I want to. I want a sea chant. I want a sea shanty. <laughs> you know, since you TikTok, that we're all Argonauts, <laughs> and you were Homer. <laughs> well, there was like sea shanty TikTok for a while, where it was like, just like oh, people. that's right. I yeah. never watched any of them, and then I heard one on the like the Colbert Report. It was really good. It was, but it was just, it was during like a weird part of the start of the pandemic. Yeah. Where it was just, there was a lot going. It was like kind of. I feel like during the like, where everyone was really into sourdough. Yeah. <clears throat> oh my god. Have you know. checked on your sourdough listener? Because <laughs> <laughs> you go probably, feed the starter. You probably haven't since 2020. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, who's who's gonna start us off for story time? I think you have a a, a short, sweet little yeah. I have a nice little story. Sweet. All right. So I had an experience once upon a time <laughs> with a chaser. And, um, he was, it was sweet, but there, you know, we had talked, we hung out, things were getting, uh, frisky and we just had this weird thing where it was like, we were operating on different frequencies and just every like physical interaction was just like slightly off. Hmm. It was like, almost like maybe if you were, you went on vacation. People came in and like made everything in your house like a quarter inch. <laughs> oh, like if they moved it over, it made it smaller. It was just like this is just like frustrating and like it's not working. And he really wanted me at one point to like get on top of him. He wanted to feel my weight on top of him. And I don't know, Don, if you've had that where it's like guys want to feel oh, yeah. of your weight. And if you've done it, I am always kind of hesitant because like I'm afraid of killing someone. Yeah, I have. <laughs> There We're be, made of sterner stuff, we chasers. There are people yeah. in this room who I may or may not have like bruised ribs of. <laughs> um, oh, please. Um, no, I mean, he literally means, oh, please. <laughs> <laughs> but it was this thing where like, I so we got in some positions and after that experience, like he completely, like the energy was different. It was almost like we synchronized and like came 
maybe like we adjusted our our time traveling wristwatches or something and like came it's, it's almost like you pushed plane. him back in his body yeah uh like uh dr strange <laughs> i feel like that's a scenario where i or at least i've i've run into this before where it's the longer if you ever spend time dancing around something that you you actually really, really want and are afraid to ask for, mm-hmm. you're always going to be slightly distracted by the fact that what you're doing is not that. Mm-hmm. And so if you can just kind of like take that leap, ask for it, figure it out, make it happen. There's a certain amount of like, it takes faith to ask for that. You mm-hmm. feel like you don't want to get dropped. And if the other person mm-hmm. meets you there, you've established trust. And now you can do all kinds of fun things together because you're on the same wavelength. Yes, but there's more. Yes. Oh. So <laughs> around this time... <laughs> Dan and I had watched on HBO. What was it? Was it just called Temple called, Grandin? I think it's called Temple Grandin. Temple Grandin about oh, sure, the sure, sure. Animal, uh, animal behavioral psychologist. With um, autism. Yeah. With, yes. And she has autism. So she has a unique view into animals' worlds. Yes. And part of that movie is she grew up, I believe, on a dairy farm or I don't know if it was a dairy or- A ranch of some sort. A ranch yeah. of some sort. And there is this thing where they, this kind of compression chamber- Squeeze where the squeeze squeeze yes yeah, squeeze box mm-hmm. where they place the cows to kind of like I think are they brand I don't know they're doing stuff for the no, cows. they're calming them down for like injections and yes. things like that okay and the cows are you know kind of fighting as they're being herded into this into the squeeze box but once it compresses them they calm down mm-hmm. um and then uh in the movie you see Temple Grandin actually I think get into it at one point and then also construct her own mm-hmm. squeeze box which is like then a thing like her her roommate reports her because it's like. Oh, this weird perverted device. Yeah, the, the roommate thinks it's a sex device yeah. or whatever. But no, she she wow. uses the squeeze box as uh, basically an anti-anxiety technique. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's very effective for her. Uh, as And That's she learned it from the cattle. Actually yes. a pretty common technique now for a lot of people with these weighted blankets. Yes, exactly sell. right. Um, and so, well, you finish. Yeah, so I just kind of noticed the, ch- the change and shift in like how we were able to interact how he was more at peace. And I said this to him and I kind of tried to describe the movie to him and this, all this, that whole like little arc in the movie. And he's like, huh? He's like, I, that's, that's interesting. And then there were subsequent times where we got together and it was still at the start, the same thing of just like, no, just like, and then, but it's like, if I was able to like the second time it happened, I was like, I think maybe like you should get a weighted blanket or something. Like there's, there's blankets that are weighted to kind of recreate that sensation of compression as like a calming thing. Um, and that was just something that I think it was like a learning experience, but also just very interesting to see. Cause I knew that that was always like a thing where like there's the whole squashing thing. Um, but like I had never seen this act as possibly therapeutic other than like, I mean, I think sex is therapeutic, but like that this specific act, could provide that kind of relief to someone and also just kind of like as an act of like resynchronization between two people. Yeah. Which I think is really beautiful. It's really interesting because I have had that similar experience, not with that specific um, setup, Yeah, but with uh, somebody who, uh, when I met them first, they had huge anxiety and it was very clear. They were anxious and very nervous. And then at one point I forget why um, we exchanged a hug. Right. Mm -hmm. And when I, when they wrapped their arms around me, I could actually feel tension go mm-hmm. out of them. Oh yeah. And, well, I think you, we talked you know, about that in our whole like experience of like the hugging a chaser and you, you just hear feel it over that, and over and over again. From like yeah. melt. Yeah. Which, to the extent that if I can piggyback on this, 
uh, when I have led seminars at BBW events, at BBW bashes, um, I had a couple of women come up to me and said, so we have a question. Mm-hmm. And they said, do you think there is a higher incidence of autism in the chub chase, in the, in the chaser and FA communities? Because for them, it sort of explained a lot of the conversations they've had with chasers. Mm-hmm. It explained the physicality that chasers often have. And I said, wow, I never thought of that. But then I started hearing stories like Trevor's, like Don's, and I thought, maybe there's something to this. neurodivergences in general? Yeah, that maybe there is, I don't want to say that they're, they're, I don't think it's causative, but there could be, there is maybe is is a higher incidence of autism in the chasing community. I don't think it's universal by any stretch of the imagination, but going off of my own dating pool, (laughs) I would say that there is a higher than average number Mm -hmm. for me, but- I run, I, I've worked very closely to computer industry stuff. Mm. So you just there's a have higher instance mm-hmm. of that in well, that industry. I, so. I think also just, I think there is just more diagnosis of different neurodivergence and just something that is more of a conversation that is happening in the public now. Yeah. So I think it's like able to place mm-hmm. things about people. Like it's, but this it's, could be a lot of guys, not just chasers. I think just a lot of people. And I think that, we're yeah. seeing more like celebrities coming forward with, um, you know, diagnosis of different uh, neurodivergences. I feel like a, a lot, there's been several comedians who've come forward saying like they've received a diagnosis of autism and just kind of like the surprise of that. And then also people in their circles being like, oh, this kind of makes sense. And like, I, this contextualizes so much mm-hmm. of our relationships. Mm. And I think it's just, I don't know. I think it's important that the, these conversations are happening more publicly because I can also yeah. see like, you know what? I don't even 20 years ago, a celebrity would never come forward saying, oh, you know, I was diagnosed with autism or, mm-hmm. oh, I was diagnosed with Asperger's or, you know, whatever. Well, and I wonder how much of the, uh, you know, a lot of Chubbs report that chasers can get handsy or touch inappropriately. And again, I wonder if this is not so much, I mean, it, could, it, 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 I don't mean to excuse it, but it's, is this traceable to a sort of neurodivergence, which is it's, more about tactile and touch. It's and, that it's not a, or um, not restrained mm-hmm. or that it's, it's not a, um, an assault, but a miscommunication and yeah. a miss. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. A miss, that's, like that's, a, a good, that's the way to put it. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. That's, that's exactly where I go with it. Cause I've, I've come across this many times in my life with, with myself, but also with other people that I've come to, understand so much better again myself and other people by understanding how their brain works Mm -hmm. because we have this weird sense at least i did and i think it's probably a common experience when you're growing up like oh there's a there is a correct way that people operate Mm -hmm. and then there's us (laughs) trying to be that correct (laughs) there's my way (laughs) and like you try and it becomes this whole masking thing and i have a whole blah, 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 blah blah but the point is you know a lot of hurt and and you know miscommunication and frustration and anger and uh, upset and indignance can come from two people in the same situation wanting the same thing, but going about it completely differently Mm -hmm. in a way that can be offensive to one person or the other purely because for instance, um, uh, yeah, like Trevor, what Trevor just said, like maybe uh, somebody's method of communication has a lot less to do with, you know, things like eye contact, for instance, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. harder for people with autism. Um, and and so it feels very objectifying perhaps to someone on the other end of that because they're not getting right. the eye contact. 
right. they would expect, but they're getting felt up. Yeah, mm-hmm. because you're trying to get to the same level yeah. of intimacy in completely different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's I hadn't thought about fascinating. That. Yeah. I mean, I think that's just I I like I even outside of any kind of neurodivergence is such a common thing of just like miscommunications about how mm-hmm. to approach yeah. communication. And, and I do want to put in here, I am not using this as an excuse for a lot of bad behavior for chasers. Yeah. I can think of a lot of chasers that I know are not neurodivergent yeah. and they just behave badly. Well, and I my my thing has and will always be is uh, given the work that I've been doing on myself is that once you have an awareness, even a tiny bit of awareness about any of this stuff within yourself, it is incumbent on you to operate in a way that accounts for how other people think and interact. And so like, you can't, you can't just say, well, it's just me, T- you know, take it or leave it. I'm just going to be, I'm going to do this and be I gotta this. be me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm just going <laughs> to, I'm going to grope up all the chubby guys I can get because that's the way I communicate. Like that's, that is yeah. not excusable. It's whatsoever. not responsible. It's yeah. not responsible. You can't, you can't just write off your behavior, good or bad, purely because, well, it's just me. Um, you have to account for other people. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a good way to do that is just, if, if it's something you're aware of communicating it, which I think I, I see a lot of, and I think is good because like on bigger city, I've seen, you know, Chubbs and Chasers state or, you know, like whatever neurodivergence and like just straight up, like usually like I've seen that like first thing in the profile. And I think it gives context to any kind of miscommunication that may occur or just like difference in style. Absolutely. Is my turn? Yeah, sure. I think so. Okay. All right, so I'm I'm gonna try and set this up right, uh, and I'm gonna I'm probably gonna need Dan's help because this, this he's the other half of this conversation. Um, so I in in my ten years living in LA, ten and a half years, I've moved I would say between eight and nine times. Uh, sort of there was an in between move in there once where uh, I moved out of my old place, and while I was looking for another place, I put everything in storage, and I was living with Trevor and Dan for about a month. Right, it's like four, four or five weeks. And in that time, what was it? Your nickname for me was the, the, the phantom guest, I think, or phantom, phantom uh, roommate. Phantom I think the phantom roommate. Cause I, I think I was just always out of mm-hmm. either. I was either out doing stuff all the time or, you know, I was, I, I guess I walk quietly, which maybe is just a function of having lived in apartments most of my life. It was a nightmare. It, yeah. <laughs> Frankly, my, my respect for your privacy and solitude was excruciating. excruciating. <laughs> exactly. So there was one time where I said, you know, maybe I'm not inflicting myself upon them. Maybe I could actually hang out and it wouldn't be an imposition. And so we allowed him on the couch and everything. We, <laughs> We all hung out. Wow. <laughs> they still won't let me on the couch. And, well, you have to stay with them. That's the truth. Okay. All right. Yeah. Got it. Um, See, we put a blanket on the couch <laughs> for Michael, and that was where he was allowed to sit on the couch. <laughs> and it had his scent, so he knew that's where he was supposed to sit. And, and the carpet, the, the shag carpet on the floor, which is very squishy yes. and comfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there was a point where we were all hanging out, and as tends to happen although I think we're getting better at it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it was all three of us talking for a while. Then eventually <laughs> Dan and I kind of went off into our own tangent world and um, Trevor was sitting there probably feeling bored. And then I think you turned in. Uh, yeah, I was like, tired. okay, I'm done. Because Trevor doesn't drink also. And Dan yeah. and I were having wine, I believe, which is a little unusual for me. Um, and for the, I think that was the first time in my life. I mean, we had talked before a fair amount, but usually just about life 
in general. Had, uh, had you read my book at that point? Yes. Yeah. And so we, you, we had that background. And, and it had come up a few times, but basically having a non diagnosis based chaser chat, <laughs> like there was no problem to solve. Right. There was no advice that I was seeking. It was literally just speaking on the same level about life and chaserdom and and in my experience chasers never talk to each other except possibly to like to compare notches on the bed <laughs> you know it's it's just the most rudimentary like hey what about that guy oh yeah what about that guy right and Which, this was so and this was so not that this was like how does it feel what do you think what was the well and that was the first time and it's so hard to th it's so weird to think about now that i've been doing the podcast which has been a huge amount of self-expression about these mm -hmm. things but prior to that, really none at all, um, because other people were either the guys I was dating, in which case they really only had the other side of things. They yeah. were receiving what I was giving, but it wasn't like they're not intrinsically understanding it necessarily. Fraser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, yes. Yes. Okay. Moving on. Okay. okay. Um, and so <laughs> to be on the same page about something to say, like, for instance, we discovered that we have a lot in common yeah. about just the ways that we'll relate to a guy, the ways that the things that we appreciate about somebody, what we might be attracted to. And then also the way those diverge. Yeah. And, and also very, some very distinct differences. And I'd never had that conversation before. And similarly to how I've experienced going onto neurodivergent TikTok mm -hmm. in the last few months and seeing, Oh my God, there's so many people out there just like me who have these same experiences of life, which it's, of course I knew that, fundamentally understood that, but seeing people's experiences, hearing about them mm -hmm. and saying, this is relatable. Here's the comment section where people agree with that. And I don't feel alone anymore. That was the first time that that had happened was talking with Dan, staying up until like two in the morning yeah. and drinking and laughing. And I, I just remember distinctly, there was this huge sense of relief I don't maybe this might be too graphic. <laughs> I don't know if I want to, I'll, I'll just Go say it. Say it. There, I want that later. <laughs> I don't know. I <laughs> say it. You can say it. it you, say you, it. Gotta, say you can it. take it out yourself if this, you don't like yeah, it. Yeah, I suppose. Well, I don't tend to do that. Once I say, I, I try not to edit for my own vanity. I try and only edit for the, benefit oh, please. Of the show. What you mean is you only edit internally, not it. externally. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Say it. So basically there was this one, we were talking about sexual experiences, which I'd never done with another person before that was on my same, same wavelength. As a, yeah. Like um, you're not extra, you're not explaining to another gay guy about being a chubby chaser. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And in this moment, I'm really hoping that Julia has left to go to her appointment because she <laughs> was in the room right next door. Um, it came up, I think you said it first. And then I was like, Oh my God. He was like, yeah, blowjobs do nothing for me. Yeah. I don't know. I was like, what? I thought I was the only weird, yeah. crazy yeah. person. I felt like there was something wrong with me for that not being the case or yeah. for that being the case. Yeah. And, and just to clarify, dear listener, it's it's <laughs> not that we resent giving blowjobs. No, no. It's that like we don't necessarily want to receive them. Receiving or like, I don't mind if you want to do that. I don't mind. It's just not going to like, That's not I, what need, you're there for. I need something else going on. Like, and I think partially there's some kind of like, ADHD element to it where like, if that's the only thing going on, if that's the only point of contact, I, I feel a disconnect. I like, I want more points of physical contact, touch of like interest yeah. of stuff to do. Like I, I like having multiple things going on. And so like, and if I'm just sort of lying there kind of waiting, I get, I get very uncomfortable 
feeling like I need to somehow be doing more or. I, well, then that's, I think that's particularly to you that you almost feel like they're doing all the work. You should be participating more. Or, or yeah, or if, or if this, like for this to be more enjoyable or exciting that I would want more access to that other person, like in some way. But anyway, the whole point of that was just to say like the sense of relief that I felt <laughs> going, oh my God, I'm not the only yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy person out there. There's two of us. <laughs> um, well, and I hear this from Chubbs all the time where I'll, you know, I'll say like, and by the way, I'm not going to fuck you. And they're like, you know, and I say, is that a deal burger? And they're like, no, thank God. <laughs> like, like that was, they were kind of wondering how we we're going to handle that when it came up. And like, for me to take it off the table is, I mean, admittedly, it's sometimes a deal breaker for people, but from a lot of Chubbs, it's, oh my God, thank God we don't have to deal with that. I think um, we should talk about this at some point because there is now more people identifying with this with like, they don't like penetrative sex or they don't like oral sex. Mm -hmm. And then I didn't like, you know, but they're like, it's the gay community. So like, I have to say top or bottom reverse. Yeah, but now yeah. people, but people now identifying as like, I think they're calling it side, either side, side. or sides. And I think yeah. we should, I mean, I've read a few things about it. I think we should mm. talk about that. At we some should. Point. Maybe, and yeah. I don't know, maybe it intersects, it yeah, intersects with king, it intersects with a lot of things. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah if you definitely. are either identify as, a, is it side or sides? I, I don't know what that means. What is that? I've heard it referred to as side or sideways. Okay. Um, I don't know if you identify it's side top, or sideways. Bottom, sideways, verse. So top means topping, bottom means bottoming, verse means either, uh, sideways means neither. Oh. Which is something that I just, I mean, I didn't say side at the time, but I will usually say, um, are those my only choices? <laughs> or or that, or that binary distinction doesn't really apply to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've read us about that, share your feelings or questions about uh, sideways side uh, position identity. Yeah. I think that could be a good new territory for us as far as the next Valentine's episode. Yeah. Anyway, the whole point of bringing that up was just that feeling of intense relief, you know, that you're not the only one. Yeah. Just, you can understand that, but understanding is not the same as feeling mm -hmm. like feeling it, having an actual experience. And it only happened because I sat down with another chaser and just talked. Uh, it would not have happened any other way. And chasers, if you're out there trying to think like, God, that sounds great. I wonder if I could have that kind of conversation. I think the way into that is that it's a conversation that's more about you than about what you're attracted to or your conquests. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. about, it's really about you and how you feel, how you're wired, your experience from your point of view, mm -hmm. rather than that guy over there. Right. right it right. involves a lot of thinking about yourself introspection and then listening to the other person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Introspection is not so I being a very introspective person without trying, it always shocks me when other people aren't. And I have, that's one of those miscommunication things where mm -hmm. I have to understand that other people don't necessarily do that. Yeah. It doesn't necessarily come naturally to other people. I mean, everyone's not laying awake at night thinking about something they said to someone <laughs> in the fourth grade and how that has rippled throughout their life. <laughs> no, dude, I never go back farther than the fifth grade. You're <laughs> weird. You are you weird. Uh, well, so we have some more sweet and salty stories for you coming up. Obviously, this is quite a bit longer than a normal episode, so we're going to break it into two. Um, so join us next week for part two of Storytime. And uh, buckle up. <laughs> there's, a, there's a lot coming down the pike. It's filthy. <laughs>